Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A little bit of action. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, well, 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 for the first time in almost a calendar year, the Arizona Cardinals, they went out and spent a little bit of money on an external free agent, Bo, something we've alluded to on this show for a hot minute. If you've been following PHNX Cardinals, Kaiser White, formerly of the Eagles, joins his ex-DC Jonathan Gannon in AZ. What do you make of it? I love the, I love the pickup for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that it matches up with the caliber of player that they want this roster to represent going forward. You know, Jonathan Gannon said it in his introductory press conference. He wants guys that are going to play. They're going to be adaptable. They're going to be violent, right? They're going to be explosive and they're going to be smart. And I think that Kazir White, a guy that's made, is kind of a self-made linebacker at the NFL mm-hmm. level, uh, you really have to like it as a Cardinals fan because this is a guy that wasn't, you know, a top draft pick. He was a fourth rounder, had some time in Los Angeles for the Chargers and then made his way to Philadelphia and immediately becomes one of the key players on this defense and one of the unsung heroes, I guess, of this very talented defense due to his versatility and his his knack for being able to uh, do all the dirty work that, you know, yeah. your, your, your front seven as far as your defensive front and then, you of course, those talented cornerbacks don't do in the defensive secondary. I really like what Kazir White brings to the table. I think he's the perfect first signing for Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, you needed a link, right, from like, okay, you had 70 sacks for this team last year, but none of those players have come to Arizona, right? 17 interceptions. What's a link outside of, of course, Gannon and new defensive coordinator, the coveted Nick Rallis? This was always the move that was there to be made. Um, to a lot of people's credit, pointing out, well, Zayvon Collins plays middle linebacker. Why do you need TJ Edwards? And I would argue Zayvon Collins' first-round pick should have a higher ceiling than an undrafted free agent like um, like Edwards who went to Chicago. Um, and then you saw what Edwards, TJ Edwards got from the Bears. We talked about it on yesterday's show if you missed it. I would say pretty pretty reasonable pickup. So then we kind of did the numbers in our head. Of course, we had been hearing that White was a target of the Cardinals, was a target of Gannon's. And it's like, well, they should be able to get him for substantially less because he plays, you know, off-ball outside linebacker. And sure enough, people in the chat are, are alluding to it. I mean, it's basically a two-year deal worth up to $11 million. But as our uh, buddy, esteemed uh, colleague here, PHNX Cardinal beat reporter Howard Balzer reports, 
that's with incentives. This mm-hmm. this deal broken by our friend of the program, Jordan Schultz. I mean, like at most, it's eleven million dollars. His base salary is, I think, anywhere between two point five and three million dollars. Um, and you talk, you couple that with what Kelvin Beecham is making, which of course broke after our show yesterday. I mean, you're adding starters. Beecham's a starter at right tackle. White is especially a plus starter, I think, at outside linebacker for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. And I'm happy for White. This is going to be the biggest payday of his career. But in the grand scheme of things, Bo, for a team that if you're the Arizona Cardinals that has almost $40 million in available cap space, to fill a hole and a link like that, to be a culture and a building block for Jonathan Gannon. To come here and say, Kaiser, show them how it's done. Exactly. Nick, Kaiser, show them how the defense is going to go. You needed somebody to do that. And and he was the easiest plug-and-play guy next to, you would assume, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Yeah. It, it's it's Zayvon Collins is going to play the TJ Edwards role in this defense. And, and what you wanted was to find Kaiser White to kind of play that Robin to his Batman as far right. as his linebacking core. And without you know being a true threat, to taking Zayvon Collins off the field, and who better to do it than Kazir White himself? He was available, and, and the Arizona Cardinals are able to bring him over, and as you mentioned, as far as a very affordable deal, and when you look at the Arizona Cardinals and, and what Monty Austinfort's going to try to accomplish this offseason, you know, it, it's not getting the in expediting this rebuild to the point where they're they're back in the playoffs after one horrible 4-13 and season. No, I mean, it's it's cleaning up the mess that Steve Kime created for this organization, and it is an absolute mess. So you're trying to figure out who are some building blocks, who are some players that you can move forward with without having to go out in free agency. And free agency is usually built to fill holes on NFL rosters. It's not to go, yeah. hey, we're going to go get this guy, and he's going to be the foundation. No, it's guys like, hey, we missed on the draft at a couple spots. Or we're, we're, we're down a linebacker. We need an edge rusher. We need an offensive guard. Let's go and sign one of them, and we'll probably have to pay a premium for it in order to do so or hit on one of these guys that didn't have success with one organization, maybe a change of scenery. He can be good elsewhere. Now, this is somebody that knows the system, somebody that's going to be in his prime years, a guy that has, is, we've said is self-made and is going to be ready to hit the ground running in Nick Rollis's defense, which is an extension of what Jonathan Gannon ran in Philadelphia. And I just... I think that it fits really well. And then you mentioned, you know, we didn't get to talk about it because we joked about it and it came to fruition. As soon as Literally we got off air, <laughs> as soon as we got off air yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals made their first move and it was to re-sign Calvin Beecham. They made that official today. It's a two-year deal. And Beecham getting around $5 million according to the reports where if you look at Kelvin Beecham, you look at his 2022 season where he played in all 17 games, Johnny. He played over 1,100 snaps, almost 1,200 snaps. He was penalized seven times, and he allowed five sacks. All right, He had a PFF grade of around 70.6. And then you look at what was on the open market yesterday and what fetched over an $80 million contract from the Denver Broncos and Mike McGlinchey, and they basically had their, their seasons mirrored each other as far as the pro football focus broke breakdown and and the Broncos are paying him over $80 million. I think that that's yeah. already a win for Monty awesome Fort. You get a guy that locker room wise is very res- well respected. I was surprised just by his overall candor, you know, since, you know, he talked at the end of last season called Hollywood Brown speed racer. And he talked about the Holden's, and he was very transparent about the dysfunction last season. And then his comments about Kyler Murray, which 
I don't think when you look at the full scope of what he said wasn't horrible. It was it was an un, it was a uncomfortable truth about you know which direction and where Kyler Murray needs to grow. I don't have a problem with him coming back. I don't think that that's a, a non-starter in Calvin Beecham coming back. But I, I was surprised by it. But I yeah. don't mind the deal. Well, and and listen, can we be real for a second? I would say like eighty percent of the fans online, everybody's got a right to an opinion that are anti this move or anti it because of his comments made about Kyler Murray. And here's what I'll say. Um, I didn't love the look either, but I also feel like Kyler, it probably it won't bother Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will go and, and continue to work and grind this offseason to get back. And I, I, I would think under this new regime, it'll be squash. But I don't ever I'm, love I'm more concerned about his relationship with Hollywood Brown. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't I th- care about that. I, because, ho- listen, Hollywood Brown's on a one-year contract. We'll see if Hollywood Brown needs to worry about Hollywood Brown thousand yard receiver hopefully getting parlay that into a new deal i mean really it's about it's about for me kyler murray and his relationship with k1 which i think is going to be fine um but Beecham's you, you don't have player. to look very far to get like what kelvin beecham said like what the the headlines were portraying right. when he said i mean we talked about compl- it was the number two story on espn.com right. that but, day which was ridiculous and all you um, have to do is click on the article listen to the sound bite and and you'll realize Hey, it wasn't it wasn't that big of an indictment. It's just saying he's yeah, got room to yeah. grow at 25 yeah, years old. Yeah. And it's 987's job. Kudos to them to ask those questions. But we asked those same questions to other guys on the team during Radio Row in Zach Ertz and James Conner and Rondell Moore, and they all defended Kyler Murray to, to, to almost to a fault. Well, and so there's one I, difference there. What's that? They depend on Kyler Murray to get there. Well, the so does Kelvin Beach now. He's blocking <laughs> for him, but I, I I took those comments when he made them as kind of reserved as they were, and they yeah. were ran with them kind of the opposite way. Is when none of us thought Kelvin Beecham was coming back. I didn't have that source. I didn't think Kelvin Beecham was coming back. Then you look at what they gave him. Let's talk about the football aspect of it because I think they'll squash everything. It'll be fine. And Kelvin Beecham. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald loves Kelvin Beecham, which probably means Michael Bidwell loves loves Kelvin Beecham, right? <laughs> um, and he's a great ambassador for the Valley and a great great human being. He's been on this show before. He's a really good football player. Um, I, I called him an above-average tackle on Twitter yesterday, and people were like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. He, he's their best offensive lineman when he plays. He's better than G, DJ Humphreys since he's been here. He's somebody that is his upside immense. Is he a Pro Bowl-level player? No, but he's somebody that's going to play every game. They, they brought him here. He had not played right tackle in like eight years and seamlessly filled in at right tackle, and the most important attributes available. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're bitching and moaning about Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. Like, what's the common denominator there? Those guys aren't healthy. They don't play. And then here's Kelvin Beecham, plays every game, signing almost a vet minimum contract. And people are like, what's going on here? What are we doing? It's like, you need <laughs> offensive linemen. Let's let's take a beat for a second. Um, you know, people in the chat commenting, well, maybe he'll get beat out. That's a possibility. Maybe he can be a swing tackle for you. You know, I floated this on, on Twitter and people are like, oh, the cap doesn't line up. I mean, you could always look to move DJ Humphreys if you if you were interested. They're going to be interested in the top tackles in the draft. It would not bother me at all. You take a Paris Johnson Jr. or a t- or second round tackle. And Trading you go down, four, yeah. Yeah. You go four tackles deep this year. I don't have a problem with that. You want to play Josh Jones at guard for the first time in two years? See how that works out with the new offensive line coach? There's one position unit I'm okay with adding veterans, and it's the offensive line group, like seasoned veterans, like guys in their 30s, because you need them. Like, I I, I want to see Josh Jones get a shot, but Kelvin Beecham on almost a vet minimum deal d- does not bother me at all, no, even if that doesn't happen. shouldn't. I mean, come on. I mean, it's 
Number one, is that your money? And number two, like, what would you have liked them to go overspend on, on Mike McGlinchey? Do you want him to go spend fifty I to eighty million dollars? Is not worth that contract. No, we both they they, we they had a, they had Mike McGlinchey twice a year for about a four year span, and that was when when Glinchy was you know a little bit younger. I mean, McGlinchey to me, that's the McGlinchey contract, the Edmonds contract to the Bears. That's the problem with free agency, and that's why it's it's okay to take a deep breath and say, I don't want to pay $80 million to average players. I, I want to play in this sandbox over here. Yeah, and, and Josh Jones, I mean, you know, this is a guy that I think uh, he, could, he could buy for starting at either tackle position, right? I mean, it's it's going to come down to, you know, Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austinfort, Dave Sears, and the entire new regime. They have no ties to these guys, and, and you know, Humphreys restructuring and and Beach signing for just above the vet minimum, it, yeah. it doesn't you know pretty much cement themselves as the starters going into this season. It's going to they're going to play the best players, and you know the the one thing that bothers me still about Josh Jones is he still gets penalized way too much. I mean, I thought that he filled in very well for DJ Humphreys down the stretch, yeah. but you know in back to back seasons, you look at him. And his penalty numbers are way up there, and hopefully playing under a new offensive play caller and maybe a, just a more disciplined uh, team overall. That Josh Jones is somebody that's going to go the right direction, and, and the penalties will will kind of start to uh, lessen for a guy like that. But you know, we know this. You just watch any any football team; it's very rare that you have the offensive line that you start with finish the season. So you, you need depth at that position, and when you're not overpaying for it, then even better. Well, and, and listen, at the end of the day, Josh Jones could just end up being a swing tackle in the NFL. And people are saying, well, that's an egregious third-round pick. Again, what did we talk about yesterday? was a Monty Austin for right. pick. I mean, yeah. it's just – and if and if and uh, Josh Jones, I would imagine, will go uh, – offensive linemen who are spot starters go and get nice contracts and free agency. Um, I, there, it, it's not a problem having Josh Jones under contract this year because he's not making any money. But the problem is, is that he – he may never develop into what you hope. He was remember he's a first round talent that year, and he fell all the way to the third round. He was. Who was he a first him. round talent to? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who said that? Me. Me. No, you <laughs> didn't say that. Was, who's the who's source? Paycheck. Who's the source that said first round talent? I thought out of Houston, he should have. Steve Kime said he was a first round talent, oh, and they got him at seventy second overall. Right Right after that acquisition, Stop. I said, this is a gift from the football gods. But my <laughs> problem with him is I watched him play guard, albeit right guard. He just didn't have the power to play guard. Like right. he, he didn't have the power to extend and get to the second level. So again, if they go into this, I think they're going to take a tackle. I think they're going to draft a tackle. So they're going to have a good. bunch of tackles. And we're going to have a good time with a bunch of offensive linemen with this team historically not having Calvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys are old. They are. And, and they're, they're, they're serviceable. Yeah, this is fun. That's fun. right now. They're not DJ Humphreys. This is it for him. He was a draft pick of the Chimera, and he has not been healthy, and he's making a bunch of money. Does that sound like somebody who's going to stick around? I, I, I think they move that money around, Bo. They restructured mostly so, to say, okay, DJ, go out and have a great year, and go get paid by somebody else after we cut you, <laughs> right? So that 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 to me feels like my character, guys. <laughs> This is all very. It, it feels very calculated, does it not? They're they're putting their chips in place, and again, uh, yeah. Austin saying PFF had him as first round talent. As far as how he graded out at the college level, playing at Houston, playing in oh, what was it the no. American Conference? He was one of their highest, you know, rated to their grading system. But we knew that there was, you know, 
technique flaws with Josh Jones. There, there was going to be a learning curve, you know, guarding and playing tackle at Houston and then playing in the NFC well, West. I was in Dallas, shameless plug, when the Cardinals basically locked up a playoff spot two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was he and Beecham at tackle. And he did a phenomenal job that day. A phenomenal yeah. job. And I think people saw that performance. He, I think, had like a 70-plus PFF grade. Like, play him at play him at tackle. Let's see what he can do. And then you got Humphreys holding in during training camp. Not a, not a good sign. And then he gets hurt. I mean, the offensive line, to me, needs the biggest kick in the ass on the team. When you- Entitlement. Rodney Hudson, they co- coaxed him out of retirement to, mm-hmm. to get a fat check. Humphreys is like, yeah, you'll pay me. And then I'm not going to play. And then the, they, they haven't developed anybody. That that position room, just throw a bunch of shit at it. Let's just keep flooding yeah. it with resources. Sure. I mean, if you're getting this year's version of, of Will Hernandez or Will Hernandez himself, I, I have no problem with that. I, I think Will Hernandez was one of the few guys that, when you look at the last year's team, you're like, okay, yeah. there's uh, you know, Zach Allen's the case at the right price, and the right the price was never right. There was a bidding war for him, and he ends up getting thirty two and a half million dollars guaranteed in nearly a forty six million dollar contract from Denver. And then you got Byron Murphy. We'll see what happens with him, and then Will yeah. Hernandez. But it's a very short list of guys that you're like, okay, these are guys that you need to bring back. Otherwise, people walking, uh, it's it's not something that you're gonna be heartbroken about. But um. Yeah, Josh Jones. I and the thing about Josh Jones too, and the last thing I'll say about it is, like, it's not like he's been short on opportunities. I mean, I feel like he's had you know, posi- you know, at guard as we mentioned, and then also he's op- had opportunities at both tackle spots and, and had sample size chances to to secure a job, and he just hasn't done it. And I think the biggest issue is for him is the, the being undisciplined and being penalized as much as he has been. Hundred percent. If you need an updated look at where the Cardinals stand during this free agency period, we've got you covered. Producer Emma Extraordinaire yes. put together this fancy graphic, and look, we can put somebody on the external signings list. Bo Kaiser White, the first external signing of a multi-year contract since the late Jeff Gladney uh, signed his deal with the Cardinals um, two years ago on Friday. Uh, excuse me, on Thursday. Uh, then we didn't talk about it. Prater's back. Praterade on a two-year contract, not, uh, you know, I don't hate that move. Corey Clements back on a one-year contract. He's got some familiarity, I, I would assume, with Gannon. He came from Philadelphia. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to talk about this next. Uh, Zach Allen goes to the Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, and a move I think a lot of the fans uh, disliked for a couple different reasons, but at the end of the day, came down to money. And then, of course, the aforementioned Humphrey restructure, Golden gone, Robert Anderson gone. We may need to build that column out a little bit bigger in the cuts category because I'm hearing more are coming down the pipeline. But before we get to Zach Allen talk, I want to remind everybody right now, DraftKings, it's never been a better time to dabble on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it now. Use that promo code PHNX. New customers can bet a mere $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. If you want to wager on spring training baseball, NBA regular season and route to the postseason. How about some NFL draft odds? You can get it exclusively right now. Props, bets, boosted bets right now, only on DraftKings, only with promo code BO, PHNX, 200 in bonus bets instantly. And you can place that $5 bet on anything. A prop, over-under, spread, whatever you want to do, the money line. You don't even have to win it. Just bet it only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, only with promo code PHNX. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. There's a frenzy out as far as the uh, the lounge area at PHNX. I heard some screaming. Yeah, they're screaming. They're hooting and hollering. Guys that had asked for people to quiet down while they're on set have don't give a shit that I'm on set right now and in, in doing a show. But it's it's because the NCAA tournament tipped. You got the first four going on right now. And, uh, of course, people have some action. They dabbled on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But of course. Uh, a good place outside of hanging out at PHNX and watching a hoops game is uh, Four Peaks. Four Peaks, synonymous with great beer, but also great atmosphere and a great place to catch a game. Suns, they are taking on the Bucks tonight. We've got our PHNX Suns watch-along. If you want to go uh, maybe watch that on your phone while watching yep. a game at Four Peaks, that's a great little plan to have. You can have a kilt lifter. You can have any of their IPAs like Hazy, Raj. You can get some of their bourbon barrel stuff, which is so smooth. It's where they take Kentucky bourbon barrels, where they usually age whiskey or bourbon, and they put their delicious beer in there, and it's just as smooth, if not better. you got to check those out. And they've got all these great events. You know, They're going to have, of course, March Madness games on at the end of this week and throughout the tournament, but also you've got events going on fourpeaks.com slash events. You can find all your beer week entertainment. They just had their spring beer dinner, which is unbelievable. Several course meal paired with all their delicious beer. Uh, but you got to check it out. You got to spend St. Patrick's Day there as well. St. Patty's Day at Four Peaks, 8th Street Pub. Doesn't get any better than that. Hang out with your favorite degenerates, including us at PHNX at Four Peaks in Tempe for a damn good time. Got to be 21 years or older, but you also got to enjoy it responsibly. I'm going to flip the script here before we talk about D-Hop. I want to talk because we get a chance to do this on air. Zach Allen signed a contract, Bo Brock, with the Denver Broncos late last night. And we argued on the show yesterday just exactly what Zach Allen would be paid, what his worth was. And I think the general consensus among the fans online on the Twitter streets was, yeah, that's it's a high price tag. But the Cardinals need to re-sign their own players. And again, my point was that continually, this is not a player that was drafted by Monty Austin Ford. That's, it's not his player. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Michael Bidwell's player because he's been writing the checks for four years. But re-signing your own, I think there's a big fat asterisk with that theory. Because again, Monty may have scouted him while he was a member of the New England Patriots once upon a time and said, not, not for me. Now, I think Zach Allen's done a nice job. I'm happy for him. He's worth what he got paid because in life, you are worth what you get paid. Okay, You're not, It's not what you deserve. It's what somebody's willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. And good for him and good for the Denver Broncos and Vance Joseph. But the, the, the fact that this was Steve Kime handing out the checks and trying to double down on an investment he made, that was never the case. These, these are people with fresh eyes and an outlook different than the prior regime. And it was always fair to wonder... Did Zach Allen and subsequently now Byer Murphy both fit that plan? It does. I mean, Allen certainly didn't, right? And but I mean, I disagree to an extent to where I think that it, it, all thirty-two teams would take a guy like Zach Allen. But as, as far as you got to look at the context of it and circumstances, our friend Damian Anderson always likes to say, uh, as far as the circumstances go for the Arizona Cardinals, they shouldn't be in the conversation to pay a guy like Zach Allen 15 plus million dollars a season as they're staring down uh, just kind of retooling, reshaping, rebuilding this roster, right? I mean, yeah. the the mess that Monty Austin Fort inherited from his predecessor and Steve Kime who uh resigned by the end of, before the end of the season, it's an absolute mess. And when you look at how they need to kind of dig in and and start to kind of clear things out before they start to add things on. It's like if you have 
if you buy a house and your plan is to gut it and remodel mm-hmm. it, you're not going to start to fill it with furniture and put pictures on the wall because you're probably going to tear down some of those walls, right? Yeah. So I just don't think that, you know, even as good of a player that Zach Allen is, the Arizona Cardinals were just not in a position to go and pay for it. I mean, I joined the guys from DMV Bron- DMVR Broncos to talk about this acquisition, and I think it's a great acquisition for the Broncos. But at the same token, I think it's the right move for the Arizona Cardinals at this point in their franchise's history to let him walk. And, you know, if they can recoup third round pick, compensatory pick, great. I think that that's a good consolation prize, uh, especially for GM as to at your point, he didn't draft him. And if he can get anything and recoup anything in return for Zach Allen, then great. I think it's tough, too, because you look at the fact that ownership or excuse me, the GM now said we're not in the business of giving. He didn't say this, but with his actions, we're not going to match what Zach Allen's getting on the open market. But then it's easy to turn around and say, look at your defensive line group. It's You got a bunch of backups and third stringers, which I would not disagree with. So it's easy now to connect the dots and say, well, you need to sign Zach Allen because you have no starting defensive lineman. And I get that in theory. But I, I also feel like if he was not the right fit for you at $16, $15, $16 million, then, then it doesn't matter who's on the roster already. I mean, to me, it's like that position has long been ignored in the early rounds of the draft. I mean, Zach Allen was the highest defensive tackle, not named Robert Kimdichie, that Steve Kime ever drafted. He never mm-hmm. took a defensive tackle in the second round. Kimdichie flamed out. They made countless move after countless move to try to address it in free agency. Jordan Phillips, Darius Phelan, they're all horrific, horrific signings and mistakes. So it, the, the only way this gets corrected outside of a couple, you know, maybe you get lucky on a Corey Peters S type of player. You bring somebody in like that on a one to three year deal. You got to invest premium picks at this position. Now you got to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what they're angling. Not kind of is what they want to do. I don't think it's going to happen in the, in the latter half of the, the top 10 after they trade down Bo. But it's t- you're talking about that period now of 34 and beyond the rest of the draft on day two. They, they almost need to double down at that position. It is by far, even more so in the offensive line, yeah. the weakest position unit on the team. And I say that being staunchly committed to my stance that I don't think Zach Allen is a $16 million a year player or 15 or whatever it is. I know his cap hit this year is only $7 million, But his contract with the Broncos pays him $15 million a year. What the player I saw in Arizona was not that. To, to our, our conversation yesterday, I'm more comfortable in the 9 to $11 million range, but he was never going to get that because it's a premium position and there, there aren't a lot of candidates on there. I, I floated this out before the show today, have it sourced now. Like They're not interested in Fletcher Cox. They don't want to bring Fletcher Cox in there. And I know a lot of people are connected to the dots of his age and he's 32, and that plays a part of it, but they're just that's not the kind of guy that they want to rebuild around. They, they want younger and they want people that fit what they want to do. And I, Fletcher Cox does not do that. So you, maybe he goes back to Philadelphia, but they're not going to substitute Zach Allen for Fletcher Cox. Yeah, and, and if they take the, the draft capital that they have already, eight picks right now for the 2023 draft, and we'll see what happens with DeAndre Hopkins, and we'll see what happens if they trade down from third overall, and that those could bring in even more draft capital. If you hit, uh, if you do, if you have a solid 2023 NFL draft, and you start to develop guys and identify who's moving forward with you uh, beyond 2023, and you're sitting here next offseason, and you've got 2024 offseason's version of Zach Allen, and you feel like the defense is that t- caliber of a player away, 
then yeah, go spend around the 15 and a half, 16 million dollars that it's going to take to to get him in the defense. But the Arizona Cardinals have to use all their resources and they can't tie it up as far as on a player like Zach Allen. They've lost that luxury of doing that. Uh, if Byron Murphy's number continues to come down, and I saw in the chat, and there's a good point, we were making the same point about Jamel Dean, how we we're kind of surprised that he got on average $13 million per season, and James Bradbury just got around 12 per season. Yeah. If that number continues to come down for Byron Murphy, if you can get him at a reasonable number, he's controllable, he's young, you know what you're going to kind of get as far as Byron Murphy then we can start to talk about negotiating a contract for him. But if Minnesota is going to go out there, uh, that you told me that they're tied to him, if they're going to pay him around what you know they reported his market was going to be, then I think the Arizona Cardinals are back out of play. But if, if things yeah. come down and it's it's a nightmare free agent uh, time for Byron Murphy, bad for him, but good for the Cardinals, then then fine. But yeah, uh, I mean, what's the show? What's the show been telling everybody for the last four weeks? It's like. Here's somebody I think they're going to sign, and I, I don't think they're going to prioritize Zach Allen, Byron Murphy, and, yeah. and they haven't done those things. Now, again, Byron Murphy's number could come down if, if he's overplaying his hand and everybody's like, well, Byron, you didn't play last year, and he had a tough end of 2021, maybe he, or 20, yeah, 2021, maybe he comes back to Arizona on a prove-it deal. I don't think so. I think there's, there's enough teams with available cap space, not named the Cardinals, to go out and spin big on Byron Murphy. We're still in the first week. It's still wave one. You know, yesterday it was crazy. We were talking about is Zach Allen's market deteriorating, and it, it had been like seven hours since free agency <laughs> started. And he got his contract by the he end did. of the day. So I, to me, it comes down to I, I know he wants to be paid. He, I mean, he should be. Go get as much money as you can, Byron. I don't think that's going to be from the Arizona Cardinals. I've never felt that way. For either one, either one of these guys, I look at the deals that they're making. They're frugal investments. Now, Kaiser got a little bit more than Kelvin Beecham, but I mean, like these are these are one to two year deals that are not going to hamper you to do anything. I mean, like what what happens, Bo? And they're thinking about these scenarios in their head. You sign Byron Murphy, you give him I don't know thirty million guaranteed or twenty five or whatever. You give him a nice four year deal, and then you hit on Christian Gonzalez or another draft pick, and they're out playing Byron Murphy, and you're just mm -hmm. like shit. We shouldn't have paid Byron Murphy. And then Marco Wilson's coming up, and he's out playing Byron Murphy. I don't know if that's going to happen, but those are the things they're thinking about. Like they they want to be able to hedge their bet with guys they've they've picked. And again, he was the thirty third overall pick for who? Steve Kahn, who's gone. He's gone. Uh, but you know, I, I think the difference between Allen and, and Murphy and a lot of the Steve Kahn draft picks is that they're solid NFL players. They are. They are. And, and I think that any. I know that Monty doesn't have any ties to him. I know Jonathan Gannon doesn't have any ties to him, but you know they should be in the business of, of signing or re-signing solid caliber NFL players. Now, you, you just don't want to get into a bidding war. I just don't think the Cardinals have any appetite at this point to get into bidding no. wars really anywhere. I mean, this is this is going to be a move-the-chains like type season, don't you think? I mean, as far yeah. as what the Cardinals are trying to do and – they're they're not going to build this roster, and they're not going to churn this roster, per, you know, based off of free agency, and especially not it, the first wave of free agency. There was a popular theory on social media, and there's and it's true to some degree that like the Cardinals are cash poor. Michael Bidwell doesn't have money to go and sign a bunch of guys and put it into equity like the Walmart people with the Denver Broncos, and that's probably true to some degree. 
But I've watched this team max out the cap most years with Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell. They've done it poorly. The players they signed are ass. They're not worth the money they gave. But they, when has the Cardinals ever, ever been in a position where they've had this much money this late in the game? So it tells me, again, among other people telling me this directly, that this is this is a process where they want to be in the business where, like San Francisco, for instance, like that's the model right now, is they have drafted so well from Debo Samuel and Kittle and Bosa and all these guys that they then can go and, I can splurge on McCaffrey, I can splurge now on Javon Hardgraves, right? And they're not even paying their quarterback yet. The Cardinals have not been rewarded for drafting because their drafting has been so poor. And so Steve Kimes... Uh, result as a result of not being able to develop through the draft is well every free agency period stands for last year I need to go out and I got to spin and I got to spin to plug all these holes because I want to remember his famous saying is like I want to go into a draft with no needs and draft just just the best overall players and that's how you end up with Isaiah Simmons at eighth overall or seventh overall right that's how you end up with how many off-ball linebackers because Kime thought that was the best player because he would go and fill every need in free agency and oversign veterans that other other teams didn't want. I mean, look at the teams that are spending big money right now. And everybody does this analogy every free agency period. I, I love our friends at CHGO and DMVR. The Bears and the Broncos have been inept for half a decade. They have not been good, <laughs> right? And they have all this money and they have these issues, right? What's the issue with Denver? Well, we, we got to make it work with Russ and we overpay for Sean Payton and we're doing this. And then what's happening with Chicago? We didn't draft Justin Fields, so we got to flood it and see if it works, right? And we got to try to win now. Rodgers is leaving the division. The Cardinals are in a position where, okay, we want something sustainable. We don't want quick fixes. We don't want to be in a position. I know this definitively. Telling Michael Bidwell, do you want to be in a position you were when Bruce Arians left? Mm -hmm. And then do you want to be in a position where at the end of 2021, everything fell apart? It was a house of cards? Or do you want something like Baltimore and Pittsburgh where you have sustained success around your quarterback and Kansas City, where you can make some sequenced moves, some telegraph moves, but you're hitting on draft picks and you're getting the next crop of Dansby and Dockett and Campbell and Fitzgerald and Bolden and Antrell Roll. That's the Cardinals need to get back to that. I, I love Hopkins and, and Chandler Jones. Th those players were not drafted by the Cardinals. So the Cardinals, yeah. the window was always going to be smaller because they didn't get their peak years, their early peak years off those rookie contracts. I, I like what they're doing. I know it's frustrating. There's 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 some patience that's required. And anybody anytime the team just outright stinks in the fall and then you come into the offseason, you're preaching patience. That's that's difficult. Yeah. I get that. But it I I would rather see patience and then the draft picks playing in the fall than have a bunch of Dennis Gardex running around being overpaid. It, it, it's the uh it's obviously delayed gratification, right? I mean it, yeah. it's it's where you got you got a diet, right? You're you're a slob. You you look horrible. You feel horrible. And are you talking you about me back. right now? Yeah, yeah I'm talking about you. I'm talking directly to you. Just don't even think about Emma here. Don't think about the chat. I'm well, just Chelsea, saying you need to get your shit together. You're a mess. Yeah. No, but it's like okay, I want to do all these things to to make myself better. I know I'm going to be better for it. But I gotta right. do I gotta do a lot of hard work. I've got to start to exercise. I've got to eat better, and I don't want to eat these meals that are gonna be required to to get me back on track. But it's it's necessary to get to where you want to go. And the Arizona Cardinals are gonna have to get on a serious diet to remedy what they've done to themselves. They've been eating fast food for the last ten years. It's right. It's ridiculous. I was thinking about this today. Steve Kime drafted three quarterbacks in ten years. 
He drafted three quarterbacks. He drafted Logan Thomas in the fourth round. He drafted Josh Rosen and then pivoted to Kyler Murray. And you look at what, you know, the, the organization that Monty Offson primarily comes from, and that's New England, where he spent 15 years. And even with Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, they we were drafting quarterbacks almost every other offseason. And they, what did they do with most of those quarterbacks? They flipped Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick. They flipped Jacoby Brissett for draft picks. You know, Brian Hoyer. Uh, you know, there, there were so many different uh, quarterbacks that were in that and out of that organization. And you had this guy that never even paid close enough attention. He drafted three players at the most important position in, the, in, in all of sports. I mean, that's, this is where Monty Austin Ford's take. I, the, I can't imagine the horror and the remnants of the previous regime and Monty Austin Ford and Dave Sears and Jonathan Gannon, actual you know, front office execs, scouts, and coaches coming in and seeing the horror that is that was left behind by the previous regime. I bet it was undersized receivers and off off ball linebackers. I right. mean, what the card and everybody's tongue in cheek saying, "Oh, the Cardinals' first regime, the new regime, the first move is signing off ball linebacker." No, they're showing you the template. You give off the ball linebackers who are above average, three to five million dollars a year. You don't take them in the top ten and say they're going to play slot corner. Just horrific decisions. Here's not a horrific decision. Picking spreads. Two super chats, my yeah, guy. Thank up? you so much. Pick and spreads, friend of the three? program. Three? Yeah. First one was a $10 super chat. Oh, Big thanks to Pick and Spreads. Even though we run a 4-3, I imagine what it will be is won't run three linebackers too often because that's the modern NFL. I imagine Zavin will be the Mike, Kazir will be the weak, and Isaiah rotate strong and <clears throat> slot cornerback where he played a lot last season. I don't think he's going to play corner. I think they're going to get – listen to this. They're going to get corners to play corner, I think. What? I'm pretty sure. That's pretty – that's groundbreaking. And linebackers to play linebackers <laughs> and safeties to play safeties. He loves with multiple DBs. Um, but I – yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with Isaiah Simmons. Um, I want to talk about that in, in just a second. Prick and spreads, $2 super chat. I said that LOL. I had Josh Jones as OT5 in that draft. I think a lot of us did. Yeah, we were talking about – First he, was round creeping, he was creeping into first round mocks. Bo doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and then two dollars and ten cents super chat. Longer Byron's a free agent. The more I think he comes back. Yeah, I mean, I think that it leaves the door open, doesn't it? But I think it still the 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 possibility of it still sways in favor of Byron Murphy. Uh, if you look at all the evidence, you probably make the case that he's going elsewhere in twenty twenty three. Okay, so this 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 Isaiah Simmons conversation. So. Do the Cardinals, would they benefit? Would they make Isaiah Simmons more valuable to the franchise by picking up his deal, his, his fifth-year option? Could they, could they trade him to make him more controllable? I, I, because it would be like $12 million to whatever team would, would pick him up. Because if, otherwise, you have him as, as a linebacker for you this season or wherever Jonathan Gannon, he said he's still working on what position he wants him to play, but... I would imagine it's it's some sort of linebacker role. Um, you know, if if he's, he has a solid season and you don't pick up his option, he just walks, and he's he, you don't get anything really for him. I mean, what, what what do you think the best, I guess, route with Isaiah Simmons is? You don't want my opinion on that because I I'm going to give him well, a. You popular. just don't want to pick up his fifth year option. I understand. No, that. I I don't think they do either. And so I what what like. Look at the free agent linebacker deals 
like the if you can find a team like Chicago that's going to give a Trumaine Edmonds kind of contract, that's great. And then maybe try to take advantage of that. Um, but I think we've seen the smart teams show the norm of like the Cowboys just signed Leighton Vanderesh two years, eleven million dollars, same amount of money uh, Kaiser White got. Yeah. He's the first round too. Um, and but uh, you, Isaiah Simmons staff, you just go to ESPN, look up Isaiah Simmons. Like his stats are gaudy. He's got gaudy stats. I, if it was me, if I was doing this, I would I would try to move him now um, and let somebody else make that decision and just say, hey, you know. We didn't draft him. Uh, he's a really good player, but we're trying to retool our our unit and our our back seven, and we're a little too expensive. Are you interested? Uh, I'd probably I don't know what I would take for him. I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I'm going to get hate Twitter tweets if I say I would take a third round pick for Isaiah Simmons. But I I think the plan right now is is they're not going to pick up his fifth year option, but like we've talked about, yeah. he's going to play. He's going to have a fine year for them. Um, but I think they're going to struggle defensively early in, early in the year, and I think he's going to walk as a free agent. In the next offseason or this draft, they're going to find their next Kaiser White, undrafted, late round, mid-round, somebody in free agency to come in and play next to Zayvon Collins, who I think does have a future with this team long-term, and, and White, and they're, and they're going to they're prosper. They want to invest their money in, in pass rush, defensive yeah. linemen, and cornerbacks. When you and, see and, who's making twelve million dollars and getting twelve million dollars on the open market right now, I, I don't think that Isaiah Simmons is one of those players. So to no. give him to just just to lock him in, uh, I mean, to was, see he what was by Vance Joseph, fair or not, at the start of his third year. Yeah, I just think that it's. I mean, I'm excited about the idea of Isaiah Simmons playing underneath uh, a better defensive mind in Gannon and Nick Rollis. And then also having he's not having to make up for the unathletic Tanner Vallejos of the world that or the Nick Vigils or the the Ben Neemans that are out there on the field for him and and him you know whoever's not in position to make plays that his athleticism they're just going to make up for it because we know that that doesn't work in the NFL. Um, it's let, let, let me make a quick note here because I somebody did tell me that. Gannon loves to to thrive with players who have immense talent but haven't achieved their their expectation yeah. or ceiling. And I got told this recently that if Isaiah Simmons can't make it work with somebody like Jonathan Gannon, then it's not going to work for Isaiah Simmons. For sure. And if if you can't make it work, Vance Joseph, I mean we dog him on the show, but he he's got love from a lot of players around the NFL. <laughs> if, if Vance Joseph and Jonathan Gannon both say, "Yeah, this is this is just not working out, Isaiah. That's a big indictment on Isaiah Simmons. Um, maybe he goes somewhere and revamps his career if the Cardinals let him go. Who knows? I would root for that, Hassan Reddick style, but because um, I want players to do well. But I, there have been significant question marks we talked about on this show. Like, is he a football junkie? Is he a dog? Does he love football? Like, is he a Buda Baker? I think Zayvon Collins <clears throat> loves football, right? Or does Isaiah Simmons love what football provides? Is he like a little bit big time? I don't know. I hope not. I want him to to do well. I don't think he's ever going to live up to where he was drafted, though. I think that's borderline impossible. I mean, you he would have needed to take a Luke Keekley esque jump, which is what they were kind of hoping he would be after that second year, that first year. And it's just not going to happen. So now you're stuck between a rock and a hard place of a positionless player who his default position is devalued now and you've mm -hmm. got to pick up a lengthy fifth-year option for a new regime, That if you're adding all that up, add, put it on a whiteboard, add all that up, 
and it adds up to, yeah, we're going to probably going to move on. Yeah. And, and hopefully maybe get a productive season from him. You know, yeah. I mean, that that's best case because we talk about, you know, who, you know, they've got to have players for this season. And right now we're looking at them and they've got 56 players on the roster. If you take the, what's reported with the addition of yeah. Kazir White, who they've resigned, which those deals have become official around 56 of the 90. So still a long way to go. But uh, I mean, at least with Reddick, though, you got that one season where he had 12 right. and a half sacks and it's just like, right. OK, in the hey, right, right situation, he can thrive. But you gotta, c- can he do it again? And, uh, you know, there's a part of Isaiah Simmons where, like, of course, he does have that dog in him. He had he only had, you know, one other scholarship offer outside of Clemson, which was his home home team in Kansas, which is not a football power. And you're like, okay, he's got a little bit of a chip, and he was a little bit undersized when he went to Clemson, and he made himself into a top ten pick, and that's great. But then, how do you? It's sometimes that goes away sometimes, right? When when you're when you when you start reading your headlines and you start believing that you're something that you're not, and the organization is enabling you the same way instead of getting the actual true results on the field and being that player you once were for the for the Tigers that were contending for national championships. Just he's twenty. He's twenty four years old. You hate to see a twenty four year old in his last year with the club that they drafted in the top ten. But I think that's that's where we're trending right now. We're trending also to tell you about our friends at Circle K, our fearless new brand new partner sponsor, whatever you want to call it, um, brothers and sisters at Circle K. We love Circle K. What they provide not only for us but our friends here in the Valley. We think of ourselves. Premium sports content, synonymous with sports here at PHNX. Circle K are synonymous with convenience, convenience stores, premium gas selection, snacks, coffee, beer, whatever you want. Do it with our friends at Circle K. And get this, we're going to help you out. We're so excited to partner with them and to kick things off. We've teamed up with an amazing new giveaway opportunity. All you got to do, grab your cell phones, your smart devices, text PHNX, to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card, or I'm told, spend in a 500 bucks on donuts if you want. Probably last year for the rest of the year. But you got to text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win that sweet, sweet gift card from our friends at Circle K. Been telling everybody, I live in Maricopa, it's like fine dining at Circle K. All the best possibilities <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Stop. Feel feel safe. Be able to go in clean. I've always Circle K's are always immaculately clean. Never have an issue using the restroom. Getting gas from there. Five hundred bucks can be yours. Check it out right now from our friends at Circle K. It's unbelievable what Circle K has. We have our Circle K snack stand here. I just had some delicious sweet gummies. And uh, well, let me tell you about some other gummies that we have. OG's Brands, our friends over at OG's, doing it better than anybody else in our great state. Arizona, but Arizona's Cannabis Kitchen, they've got so many gummies. One, a gummy for every occasion that you want. You know, you can tailor your cannabis experience with our friends over at OG's. They're all about culture and everything that they do is right in line with what we're doing over here at PHNX. And they're truly about making experiences and weaving it into the factory, the into the fabric of both PHNX and, of course, our community 
here in Phoenix and in, in the Phoenix metropolitan area. You got all the great flavors. They've got their tropical flavors. You've got their uh, their new strawberries and cream flavor, which is the Happy Balance gummy that they just that just hit shelves that you can find in your local dispensaries. You got raspberry orange. You got watermelon. You've got, of course, the famous orange creamsicle blackberries and cream and then of course they've got their sleep time gummy you got a tough time you're staying up at night thinking about this arizona cardinals lack of moves and free agency well don't lose any sleep over that pop one of these OGs sleep time gummies it's aqua berry flavor it will help put you to sleep and keep you to sleep check them out you got to be 21 years or older but check out all the products that they have to offer at ogsbrands.com check them out on your socials as well at ogsbrands o-g-e-e-z brands.com and on social media at OG's brands got to be 21 years or older Uh, right on cue as we talk about DeAndre Hopkins Jen Slater of NFL Network saying no traction right now with D hop and the Dallas Cowboys this of course after Micah Parsons uh, tweeted out you know eyeball emojis DeAndre Hopkins whatever it is now is time and I got tipped off about what was that a week ago five or six days ago Cowboys have checked in they've checked in on D hop now maybe they're checked out but they were in the mix. I still think they're going to monitor the market. But Jen Slater um, does a phenomenal job stating that, that that's not happening as of right now. Um, so a perfect segue into the D-Hop market, which I think, I mean, I told Bo I thought we'd get a trade sooner rather than later this morning. See the wideouts, Jacoby Myers land somewhere. Some of these second and third tier wideouts, which is most of what this free agent pool is, are starting to sign. And it's interesting you know, you get somebody like Darren Waller going to the Giants for a late third, and I don't think it, you know, dismisses them from the Hopkins market, but I think probably not going to happen with the G-men now. I mean, what do you make of the Hopkins market, and do you think the Cardinals, do you think they're under some kind of sense of urgency to move him, or are we going to get back into they should just keep him at the end of the week because people are playing hardball all of a sudden? No, I, I think that this is just the first dominoes that are falling, and it's it's a it's a matter of just being patient and, and right, waiting for the deal because it's just going to take one team to get a deal done for DeAndre Hopkins, and you're going to see you know these divisions that are going to start to become a hotbed for activity, whether it's free agency or whether it's trades. You know what we'll see what happens with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's apparently joining our friend of the program Pat McAfee tomorrow on his okay. show. Uh, maybe he'll. Tell us what his future is for as, as far as his playing career goes. But Alan Lazard just signed with the Jets today for reported four-year, $44 million deal. That on top of the Myers deal that you said was three years, $33 million. So those guys getting around $11 million per season. Michael Thomas re-signing with the Saints for $10 million. So that's like the, the going rate for fringe, maybe, wide receiver ones, maybe – solid wide receiver two second options in this league where you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's no doubt about it, even going into his year 31, age 31 season, he can, he's still playing at a high level, but you know, he's, he's making a pretty penny as far as that goes. But I think that DeAndre Hopkins, there's still time for his market to develop. And we saw all last season, like we saw a ton of activity with some top wide receivers. Now these guys were in their twenties, but throughout the offseason. So it wasn't just at the beginning it popped off and you got the Devontae Adams trade, but then you had like the Tyreek Hill trade. You had the A.J. Brown trade on draft night. You had Hollywood Brown draft uh, day trade. So there's still tons of opportunities for the Arizona Cardinals to do what they've pretty much set out to do even before hiring a general manager, and that's trading DeAndre Hopkins. 
Yeah, I just I don't have any appetite for like the Twitter talk of Hopkins going for like a fourth. It's like, what are you doing? Like Michael Michael Bidwell, for all of his faults, would not agree to that. Like again, the Cardinals have almost forty million dollars in cap space. Why do they need to force a DeAndre Hopkins trade if it's not there? I think it is there. By the way, I think they're going to get a, a second round pick mm -hmm. and then some. But that this this notion that we've taken a hard right turn to DeAndre Hopkins being worth nothing. When did that happen? I'm not. I'm not buying that. I, I do think maybe teams are pivoting off if they feel like, oh, we can't afford it. But I do think there are plenty of teams. Hello, New England, Kansas City still has some money to spend. That are very much that arms race in the AFC is no joke. Now, maybe what we're seeing right now in the NFC is teams are being able to take a little bit more of a, of a caution pursuit. Um, and we've got asked in the chat, didn't Waller go for a fourth? No, he went for the the hundredth overall pick, which yeah. is a late third. I think it's a comp pick. But it's a third, nonetheless. Just like Kansas City's pick in the '60s is a second. So yeah, that was the Maje Sanders third round pick last yeah. year. Uh, yeah. That's what so the Cardinals a, were able to start. Got him for Hollywood Brown. I, I just I'm, I don't have any I don't have any patience for let's let's just they're going to unload Hopkins just to unload him. I mean, bad even bad if, organization. Even if he's that. on this roster come training camp, or I mean, there's going to be a team that becomes desperate for that yeah. type of playmaking. It, it, they, yeah. they always do. And well, it's just it, like they're looking at picks into 2024, Bo. So wouldn't it make sense then if like, if teams are going to play hardball, which is ridiculous now because this market's awful. But if teams said, no, we don't need DeAndre Hopkins. And to your point, we get into training camp and somebody loses a wide out or the receiving core looks like trash. The, the draft class isn't ready. They call up the Cardinals and say, we'll give you our second round pick next year. Okay. We got we got our scouts rocking and rolling this college football season. We'll take that. I, I just he is easily your most valuable asset right now. More so, I love Buddha. Buddha does not play a position of note like receiver, like edge rusher. You know, Kyler's under contract. You're not getting rid of Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. He's thirty plus years old, making big money. I know that hampers a lot of teams, but you have to be able to go out and get a nice return for him. Because I, I, this fan base will literally lose their shit if you sell low on DeAndre Hopkins. You cannot. You just, you just keep him on the roster for optics. If anything, Monty, a fourth round pick, a third round pick, it's not worth it. You, right. you need a premium pick for a premium player. Odell Beckham Jr., Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen reportedly meeting with the Panthers tomorrow. Those are the top receivers on the market now. That that's who who's available after this. You know, you see. Guys like uh, Robert Woods, Michael Thomas, Jacoby Myers, and, and Alan Lazard sign. Like it, it's it was such a thin market, and it, now teams are going to start to scramble, and they're going to see who's who's available, and they're going to turn on the tape from last season and watch DeAndre Hopkins still play at a high level and say, "Hey, fourteen catches in the first game, he came yeah. back." Yeah, it, this is going to be well worth it. To, I just we. We, I get it. Other fan bases, they want to pay the lowest amount. And then right. you've got people within this fan base, rightfully so, they're like, we should get a first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And and so they'll probably find somewhere to meet in the middle. But the, our guy, Jordan Schultz, who, who's breaking every story, I don't know if you guys have noticed that, damn near every, every signing has come from Jordan, is saying that adamantly Cardinals back in January came on this show, other shows, these, they're trading DeAndre Hopkins. They want to move off of them and get a pick in return and get that money back. So again, it's number one reason I wouldn't worry about cap space. And then it's it's going to get done. I, I I still think it gets done this week, Bo. 
Yeah, that would be great. I mean, that would be great to be the top story tomorrow after having two, you know, decent days. Nothing crazy. I, I feel like we've seen more movement in the last couple of seasons. Let's get to some of these super chats real quick, Johnny. Yeah. People crushing Let me it. read one. Let's put one on the screen here. Okay, go See ahead. Our guys, uh, pick and spreads, $2. Isaiah Simmons Breeze. Johnny, I hate you. No, <laughs> I don't. I just Listen, is it a little bit that he snubbed the show twice? Maybe. It's not. Um, but it's he plays a position that is devalued and he's expensive and he's underperformed for his draft status. So that's that's where this is coming from. If he if he was an edge rusher and he had 15 sacks last year, I would say give him a hundred million dollars. We just hey, this team, this team's had too many Isaiah Simmons in their history of the draft, guys that are underperformed as rookies, and then they've re-signed them and they haven't worked out. I I, I just I don't see the value. That's me. Let's read, let's read another one from our guy Art. Eris, uh, another Simmons question. Go ahead and read it, Johnny. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is an edge rusher. Thoughts? Um, I, you know, that's been floated around by some people, and then other people are adamant that he's not an edge rusher. I don't know. I always thought he was. Wait, an Kyle Odegaard player. tweeted today. I think he was like, he's like people from the back. Say it with me. Isaiah Simmons is not an edge rusher or something like that. Um, he's not. I mean, he's not fluid enough. I, he, I think he could be Daryl Washington esque and get seven plus sacks as an inside linebacker. Okay. I don't think they right. rushed him enough under yeah. Vance Joseph inside. What do you have, like four sacks last year? Um, but like a true, they don't need a true edge. They don't need Simmons to be a true edge rusher. They're going to get that in the draft. And I think they've got two rookies from last year that are going to play a role in that. Um, but if you're Isaiah Simmons and you feel like you can rush the passer, I'd be screaming and yelling to do that more because that's how you're going to get paid. See what our friend Bees has to say. $2 super chat sticking with the conversation about Isaiah Simmons. Time for Simmons to be a speed rusher. Pro Football Focus agrees. I maybe I don't I don't think anybody sees Isaiah Simmons skill set and says, hey, we're just gonna put him into this role. People get too tantalized by the skill set and they're thinking, I can harness this and I can make him into the versatile Swiss Army knife that everybody envisioned. He was coming out of Clemson. I, I, I just people's egos are too big, and they're, they're too scared that if they were to kind of like put him into one and, and just really kind of have him focus on a single role on the playing field, that they would be doing him a disservice, and that they would probably be cut down as far as their ability to coach. You know, who, you know who Isaiah Simmons is. He's Taysom Hill. Uh, he's not a franchise quarterback, but he's somebody who can do a lot of cool shit. Right, but he's not somebody that you want taking 45, 30 dropbacks in a game, right? Right. And he's mm -hmm. Isaiah Simmons, had he been a third round pick, everybody had been like, that's good value. He's a really serviceable NFL player. He was a top 10 pick. He was drafted over about 250 other guys, and he plays a position that's devalued. His base position is devalued, but he's flashy and he's young and he blew up the combine and everybody loves him. And I get that, but it's like everybody in this chat, God bless you all, 360 in here. We'd rather have Tristan Worse right now or CeeDee Lamb because we know what position they play. Mm -hmm. They play receiver and tackle at a high level, right? Jedrick Wills. That's Kime just, he could not help himself. Mm -hmm. He took these positionless guys and guys from small schools. Now, I know Simmons wasn't that. And he thought, I'm going to change him. I'm going to make, I'm going to start a new wave. And it's just like Monty and JG, they just want to do what's been working for teams yeah. for 20 years. Last super chat that we have right now. You can get in, of course. But Mark Moreno is saying, thanks for the $5 super chat, by the way. Hey, Bo and Johnny, what position do you think the Cardinals will target next in free agency? 
I think Johnny, I think you look at it, they they started to fill out the linebacking room, right? Where you've got it was pretty much Zayvon Collins, and then if you if you view Isaiah Simmons as a linebacker, then yeah. And then everybody else is 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 either leaving or unsigned. So it was just like a one man group. And now I think that group is the cornerback room. I think that this team will look to maybe a cornerback potentially sign. They they re-signed Kelvin Beecham. So you look at the offensive line, that was a place you need to bring somebody back, and they did. So I think that the cornerback room or the defensive line group is is the easier, easiestly the uh, the spots that they're going to look to fill. Yeah, I mean, if we're going like low, low hanging fruit, I think it's going to be defensive line. I mean, there's a rumor that Kevin Strong Jr. from Dallas, or excuse me, Tennessee, signing with the Cardinals. Right. You know, with all due respect to Kevin, he's a backup, and so that's not going to get, I would assume, a lot of tread on. Twitter from the from the big well, Ledbetter re-signed today, right? Is yeah. it is, those are bad. like the Cardinals? Yeah. I forgot to make this point. The Cardinals don't have any starting caliber defensive linemen on the roster, save for maybe Rashard Lawrence when he's healthy. Lecky Foto is a is a backup. We saw it last year. He, he should not be starting for you. So if if we're going by that, where it's like third tier guys, defensive line, I do think Bo, there has to be. We keep saying this: a sense of urgency. There's only so many centers that can start in the NFL. And mm-hmm. so, and Rodney Hudson's not coming back. So, like, I, I feel like center is is as pressing as any position right now because there's no assurance, again, that you're going to get a center to start for you at pick 34. Yeah. Uh, Joel, William Jackson, I, I just don't think he's good any longer. Uh, he wore his welcome out quickly in Washington, and then uh, Pittsburgh was just like, ah, we're done with you. We didn't even have a full season. And William Jackson the third former uh, played at a good level, high level with the Bengals, and then just hasn't been the same player for the last couple seasons. Let me ask you this, because I think yeah. it, it obviously, what the what the hell are the Colts doing? So they just signed right. Samson Ibukam to a three-year, $27 million deal. This is on the heels of yesterday signing kicker Matt Gay to a $22 million contract. I mean, they're spending money on, they, they spend it on the defensive end and a kicker. Like, can we please, can the Cardinals please just fleece this team to and move Bo down sent me one that spot? exact text message yesterday. Huh? Can we please, I said Bo sent me that exact text message <laughs> yesterday after that kicker deal. The Colts are primed to just be completely gutted with their draft capital. I Did would you see leaving. that Matt Ryan, they're going to release him. He's going to get $12 million. He's going to get $12 million from the deal. He's not going to play football for the Colts. I, that's 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 the trade to be had, my guy. They got a fifth round pick today for unloading Stephon Gilmore's bad contract to Dallas. Um, yeah, I to me, DJ White in the chat saying cards are very interested in Colts center Ryan Kelly. We talked about it, like if, if that's a throw in of a trade down, but I he makes what twelve million dollars at thirty years old. I don't know if I want to pay Ryan Kelly twelve million dollars to be average, but. I mean, you need somebody to play center for you, um, and you can't. You Has can't there been a center there. deal this off season where the guy's pulling in more than twelve million bucks? Isn't he like the, one of the highest paid centers in the NFL? Yeah, I, I just don't. Ball. I think that. Well, I, I think it's just like you, you call their bluff, and if they want to release him, and and then you can start to do it. Well, it, it was interesting to see. In, yeah, in a mega trade down. Fuck yeah, let's do that today. But I don't want to ship picks to to Indy for Ryan Kelly and only Ryan Kelly. Yeah, right, correct. I'm not into that. 
Like, hey, Shaq Mason was interesting too. It's like you see this serviceable guard. He goes from Tampa to Houston. Now, Tampa was going to just outright release him. It was a Rodney Hudson situation where if they didn't find a trade partner, they were going to release him to the open market. And the Cardinals with Rodney Hudson said, well, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to bring him here for a third round pick. They ended up doing it for a seventh round pick. Uh, Shaq Mason goes from Tampa, the guard who played for the Pats and the Bucks. He's now with the Texans. Uh, I mean, I, I just don't know if if that's what you want to do with a guy like Ryan Kelly at this stage in his career. I just don't. Well, but look, if the Cardinals are interested in him, I, I, obviously you need to figure out what the future of that position looks like. Uh, whether it's it's a veteran that you're going to be a bridge, but it's got to be, and it's not going to be hard to upgrade over last season because the the play oh, that God. they got. You're uh, not kidding. It, it just wasn't the consistency wasn't there. Hopefully just be having more under center plays would take away some of the bad snaps that you saw. But man, I, I just don't. How many games did he even play last year? He, I mean, here's another guy who didn't live up to his, his draft status, but he's, he's 30 years old. He's, I mean, he played 17 games last year. So I guess you know, he missed a bunch of time in his second season. He's been in the league for six years. He made the pro bowl twice. Uh, 2019, 2021. Um, he's he's probably slightly above average, but like they're not paying other positions premium money to be slightly above average, and they're sure as hell not giving up premium draft capital to do it. So, I mean, the Colts are. I mean, this is this is a Ballard. I think a Ballard. Isn't it a Ballard drafty or was this a Grigson guy? Can't remember. I'll have to look that up after the show. But to me, I mean, again, you want to say. We got to dump his money, Cardinals. Can you take it while we trade up for Anthony Richardson? Fuck yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Cardinals have the money to do that, but I there's no way I'm giving the Colts like a fourth round pick for Ryan Kelly to be average next year when it's like you got to take on Aaron Donald and Javon Hargraves and these guys in the MC West. Like you can't see how bad the Colts were at the end of last season, the, how inept their offense was, and I get that a lot of that was Jeff Saturday, but to me it's just like that. I. Please, God, draft a center high. Find somebody that can come in and be with Kyler Murray for the next half decade, please. That position has eluded this franchise. Lyle Senline remains the best center they've had in 10, 15 years. He was undrafted. So, and they had to bring him back multiple times. So, um, yeah. Uh, Mario Lopez in the chat. Trade cards. Colts receive the third pick. Cardinals get the fourth pick, a second a second in 2024, and and Ryan Kelly. Well, of course you would do that deal. To go up one spot or go down one spot? Yeah. I don't know if you're getting – I don't think you're getting their their 2024 second, but I could be wrong. Maybe. Let's get to some of these super chats. Rise up 21. Johnny, do you want to read it? I can. Do you think Marquise (laughs) Hayes is a starting guard next season? Seems like a guy Gannon would like. Well, the problem with Marquise is he didn't play it all last year. Mm-hmm. I would say Lucita Smith has an edge because he finished an NFL season. I don't think anybody has an edge, though, because, again, unless you're making good money and or your name's Kelvin Beecham, who's proven himself, everything's up for grabs. I, yeah. Like, I, I want Gannon to come into the OTAs and say every position is up for grabs, even Buddha's, and Buddha will go and take that position because it's Buddha Baker. But no, nothing be, should be assured. What did Kime and Kingsbury love to do is like assure guys of starting jobs. Zayvon Collins is going to start day one. Uh, the fuck he is, they didn't play him at all his first year. That's what happened. So just say, hey, and, we'll and play the also, 
take a beat on what you think you know about Marquise Hayes. Obviously, late round pick, right? Sixth round out of Oklahoma. Played well in the preseason. But look, Sean Harlow had a solid preseason. Everybody was high in Sean Harlow. Everybody they thought... He, they said Sean Harlow could start. Remember that? Right. And then he got his ass kicked the, in the little playing time that he, he became a liability and, and barely saw the playing field. Billy Price beat him out for the center position. So you have to take with a grain of salt what you saw in the preseason last year against the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, so, you know, what we think we know about Marquise Hayes, it's not, a, it's not when the lights were as bright in the regular season. It was all preseason. It was all training camp before he had the knee injury. Now, we did talk to Lasita Smith on Radio Row, and he said that Hayes is chomping at the bit to get back. And I think that those are two, to have two lottery tickets in the forms of late-round picks at the guard position to vie for a spot or a backup role is good, but to say, hey, Marquise Hayes is going to outright win the job as a guard, starting guard position, I, I, I have a tough time buying that. Yeah, you can't count on those guys to be anything other than camp guys, and let's see what happens. But he's a big, those- strong kid out of Oklahoma. I mean, you'll take that over, you know, maybe a smaller school guy. I mean, Lasita's played at Tech, at Virginia Tech, and, and, and you had Hayes at at Oklahoma, so you had them in some Power 5 conferences. They've got the size. You know, can they compete? We saw Lasitas do it uh, in very sample size during his playing time as rookie season. be interesting to see how, how Hayes stacks up. Yeah, Marquise would have played last year had he not gotten hurt, which was the unfortunate <laughs> part. We out of Super Chats? Yep, we got one more. RV Davey, uh, we need a QB. Can we pick pick up? So right as of right now, Colt McCoy is still on the roster. So uh, and, and it's just kind of interesting to see how things have played out. You know, are they gonna maybe just move forward with Colt McCoy as, as their quarterback? Yeah, I think I think that would be a huge mistake. And I love Colt McCoy, but there are guys that are are more dynamic that you could go get and pay the same kind of money. And Colt McCoy was a was a great soldier on the Kingsbury era for two years. Great job. But I mean, like you got to give the fan base a reason to come out to State Farm Stadium next September. Uh, Gardner Minshew does way more with his mobility. So does Jacoby Brissett, who's got a familiarity, of course, with Drew Petzing and their time in Cleveland. I I am anti Colt McCoy being this team's starting quarterback. I'm not anti Colt McCoy. I want Colt McCoy to make a bunch of money. He's a great human being. He's a great dad. He's a great ambassador for the NFL. He's been in the NFL for a long time. But you, Kyler Murray, needs to heal up which means somebody else that can start and start with some upside, they need to go spend money on. Like if they went out and over overpaid for Jacoby Brissett, like I'm, I'm okay with that because it's like you, he's going to start for you. He's going to take a lot of the reps in the off season. That's valuable. That's value added. Plus he knows the offense that you're running. This is Petsing's offense. So I, to me, you know, Brian saying Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, he's he's a little bit more of an upside guy than Colt McCoy. I would argue, although he kind of quit on the Falcons last year. I don't know if that's, that's what you want, but I to me it's like you got to do better. Um, I don't know if they will. Maybe they'll run with him, but he's also coming back from injury. Like, is he even right. going to be ready? Well, yeah, he wasn't reliable as far as to stay healthy last season. He's going to be another year older. What, thirty-seven years old? Uh, uh, they they would have to assign another quarterback if if they're if they're rolling forward with the idea of Colt McCoy instead of until Kyler Murray. They still need to get a backup quarterback as well to to whoever you have as your starter. So because you, there's there's really I, – I'm not going to say I, – I just don't think that Kyler Murray is going to be ready to start the season. So probably not for the first month, right? So 
you're going to have to get somebody in there to, to play, to back you up. And uh, so you, you could be looking at maybe Colt McCoy and somebody else or Brissett and then McCoy is his backup. I could see a scenario where that plays out. Yeah. Keep them around the roster. Again, the cap's not an issue there. It's not an issue for you to go check out gophnx.com, by the way. Subscribe using the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard. Pick up some fresh gear at the PHNX Merchandise Locker, like this hat, this T-shirt. You get either for free when you sign up. Become a, a diehard member at gophnx.com. Bo and I are hanging out in the exclusive member Discord. Come yell and scream at us. When we're not on Twitter, that's probably where we're at. Also, check out the many events we've got coming up, uh, and you get, you're going to get 20% off all future events. We're going to have more insight pertaining to our draft party, Bo, here in the coming weeks. We've got so much exciting news. Cardinals may you know, be going through a retool, rebuild. We are not at PHNX Cardinals. We're full steam ahead with some big changes, Bo, on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be uh, great what's going on. Some exciting news that I heard some rumblings today that could impact what's going on with PHNX Sports and PHNX Cardinals. All exciting stuff, that's for sure. Also, our March Madness uh, bracket going on with Run Your Pool. Got to check it out. Play.runyourpool.com slash PHNX. You can go get in there for free. You can win cash prizes. You can win cash towards the PHNXlocker.com where you can get some great gear like we're wearing. A few more super chats before we get out of here. What do we got? Uh, Picking spreads back in there. Thank you for all your generosity today and everybody that's uh, joined in on the Super Chats. Over, under moves Cardinals make when this live stream ends. He's saying 0.5. What are you saying? They make another I'll move today? Over. I'll say over. You think they're going to make mean, a move like, tonight? Yeah. Yeah. We literally got off air yesterday, and I walked to my kitchen, and they re-signed Kelvin Beecham. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Uh, I will go over. All right, I think that's I think that's it for today, right? We we've get all we gotten all the super chats. We've talked about Kazir White. I I don't feel like we spent enough time on it today, but I think Kazir White is is a slam dunk signing. It it, um, it, it, it yeah. gets me excited after uh, basically nothing day day one. Uh, I don't want to take credit for it, but I did tweet out that they hadn't signed anybody to an extension or multi year contract externally for almost a year. And they immediately tweeted that out. Uh, I, I made a video. It was going to go up on YouTube, basically breaking down why they haven't made any moves, and they were going to edit it. And lo and behold, they they have a move. So we continue to. Anytime we start to do something or think that they're not going to make a move, they make a move. Make a move or make a video right after this about how the Cardinals are going to hang on to DeAndre Hopkins and then. <laughs> Uh, like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your podcast. Again, go to your phone, go to podcast, type in PHNX space Cardinals. Do us a favor, follow us, subscribe here on YouTube. Yeah, and, and do What's this. Up? Look, we're, we're gonna like it into existence again. More Cardinals moves. Hit that like button. You want to see the Cardinals make a move tonight? We'd love to break something down. We'll do it for you. Just uh, hit that like button. We appreciate it. But as Johnny said, uh, check out gophnx.com. Follow us on all your socials at phnx underscore cardinals and phnx underscore sports. We got our watch along going on with the phnx suns. You don't want to miss out on that, on that. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. You got those alerts set up because anytime we drop a vid about a free agent addition or a trade, you'll get alerted about it, notified on your phone. For Johnny Venerable, follow him on Twitter at Johnny Venerable. For me, Bo Brock, follow me at Bo Brock. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you soon.